Greetings, nerds. This is Dina Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing well, Sarah. It feels like we haven't talked in forever, even though it's only been... Ten days. Ten days. I know. I know. But... uh, (laughs) I, like, totally cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you know the magic was lost. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But uh, yeah, but it's it's good to be good to be with you this evening. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited not necessarily to talk about any of the shows that we're talking about tonight, but because oh. Billions returns tonight, and <laughs> I already watched the season premiere, and it's amazing, and I love that show so much. Oh, great! You just you just scared our, our listeners away. They're just like, well, if you're not excited, then why should we stick around? We got to give them a reason to stick around. Because my rants are always amazing, (laughs) (laughs) especially if I don't like something. (laughs) But, you know, we always have to, like, balance me out with positivity. And sometimes, Will, you're just as negative as I am. So we had to bring in our dear friend of the show, Patricia Miller, is back. How are you doing tonight, Patricia? It's been a roller coaster of a month, and I really missed you guys, but I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have to you. Be, be with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's hard it's a hard sentiment to like complete with full genuineness. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was yeah. fully genuine. I hope you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, guys, we, we've we got some stuff to talk about because a few weeks ago, Netflix finally dropped Jessica Jones Season 2. Very much anticipated Season 2. And boy, did it disappoint. Oh, my God, this show. Guys, I could not get through it. And I had time to watch it. And I did. I skipped multiple episodes. This is just bad. <laughs> yeah. When when you sent me a message because I was um, traveling for work and stuff, and and you were like struggling. Even before I left, you were struggling to get through it because I had. I I think I had to. I had to finish up season one. Just I wanted to just watch it. Watch it for the first time. And, um, and I love season one, so I was really anticipating season two. And, yeah, it happened. That's all. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it happened, and I don't really know where to go from here. Granted, I didn't really watch the last few episodes, but <laughs> well, I don't know. Patricia, um, this is a show that you and I covered back when the first season dropped on the old show that's no longer in existence but were you as disappointed as will and i i probably wasn't as disappointed i thought it was an interesting take you know calming it down a little bit and getting more into like the more emotional sides of things in the show which i thought was great but on the other hand of it i feel like they could have if they would have taken season one and season two and mashed them together and had a little bit of the more in-depth emotional things with some of the exciting episodes that were in season one, I feel like it would have done a lot better. Not just exciting season one and emotional season two. Um, 
that that's how I feel about it. There were some things that genuinely surprised me and I enjoyed seeing on screen, like um, Malcolm and Trish. Like, that was surprising. But great at the same time. But not. I liked it. Uh, but anyway, it was... <laughs> It was interesting, and Hogarth's little journey through her experiences that she had and finding out her ailments and things like that. So it had really nice touches to it, but I think they executed them wrong, or they could have timed them better. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, sir. So. <laughs> oh no! I was gonna, I was gonna like lead it over to you because, so, so Patricia's in the, in taking the stance that Hogarth's storyline warped. Well, um, what about your did opinion? I, did on, I really? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're like, you're yeah. like, you know, it was interesting to find out that she was sick, you know, because people get sick. <laughs> no, I, no, I did. I mean, I think. Of course, as with everything in this season, they could have done it better. But yes, I did enjoy it. So, yeah, correct. Yeah, well, I will say that uh, for for me, the uh, series season two, it was just a it was a hard slog. Those first six episodes for me. I mean, I I, I really was just trying to get through them. Um, and then uh, episode se- seven, the uh, Cray Cray, uh, was one where I actually enjoyed it uh, from start to finish. Yes, I know it was flashback, Sarah, um, but it, it to me that had that one had to me the, the mo- some of the most energy um, for for this season because I mean the old prior to that it was. In, we talked about this some uh, as we were working our through the episodes, and I messaged it. Uh, it was just it, it was just rage, 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 and and, and it, it just things just felt repetitive um, as to me, and it, it, that um, it, it, it was sort of like, wait a minute, did I just didn't I just watch this kind of start, you know? There's so much snark and stuff I could take after a while. It just gets kind of like, okay, we're, you know, yes, you're doing it again. And so for me, from episode seven, episode eight, or two that were that stood out to me, and then of course um, episode eleven when when Kilgrave finally appeared as as uh, hallucinations after she uh, had killed the um, uh, prison guard. Um, that those were the episodes that stood out to me and mm-hmm. um, were, were, were very interesting where, you know, how I felt like when I was watching season one, because it, it, it I think it, seven really it, it, it expanded and, and shows the depth and it really helpful, filled out some of her backstory um, in, in a good way as far as, um, her, um, you know, how, you know, how her, she and Trish and, and you know, their dynamic, um, and also, uh, how she, you know, she met, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but, um, 
there's that that relationship, and it, it it just it was just a lot of energy, and the rest of the the series just I don't we talked about this before. I mean, her mother was interest was was somewhat interesting, but it, you know it, to be the season long bad baddie, it it just lacks something and. Honestly, it would have been, as far as pacing, this was a very hard season to binge. I think if it were like a weekly kind of thing where they rolled it out on a weekly basis, then it would have been maybe a little bit better to digest. But if you're watching it back to back to back, then it just, yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I thought that Jessica's mom being the season two villain made no sense. That is a season one villain mm-hmm. because that gets more into the origin of who Jessica Jones is, how she has his powers and everything. So it was very disorienting for me coming off of season one, like absolutely adoring the show and then having to take a step back and be like, here's Jessica's origin story and Trisha's Trish. Trish's too, because oddly enough, I would argue that this isn't even Jessica Jones's show at this point. Trish took over. Mm-hmm. There was so much irrational behavior coming from Trish all season long that she took one of my favorite characters and they made her entirely unlikable, which some would argue is really interesting and really brave of them to do. But I just didn't feel like it worked. I felt like it made, it didn't make her complex or dynamic. It actually minimized a lot of herself. It made her just be be seen as a very stereotypical, selfish little girl mm-hmm. who's trying to act all tough in the big world. And she ultimately gets what she wants. Like at no at no disregard for anyone around her or the manipulation that occurs, she does eventually get the powers that she desires. But it's just sad because it's not how anybody should. And it's, I don't know where they're going to take it from there or if you can really look to her as a hero, knowing how she went about this in so the wrong way. And another mistake they made is they killed freaking Officer Simpson, okay? (laughs) He was my favorite character of season one, and I'm really pissed off. (laughs) I I had all of these conspiracy theories about how he was going to be the big bad in season two and how he would be like that that villain to to get Trish to ultimately turn into Wildcat. And they killed him off, and I think it had to do with contracts and how this actor... Is, has moved on to other shows, but it still pissed me off. I did not appreciate it at all and very upset. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, this is going to be hard to get through. <laughs> so freaking hard. It took, out, it took out your favorite character. There you go. Uh, we've, we've gotten to the bottom of it. Oh, it was it was bad. And I think the when I was watching this, I couldn't help but cons- think about when I was watching season one of Daredevil and season one of Daredevil is very, very slow, very dry and very dense in context. And you ultimately don't really start to get engaged in the universe that they're building until episode eight or episode 10. 
Um, so it takes a while to get there. Um, and then they come out with season two Daredevil and they bring out these characters that we're aware exist in this universe, but they've already set it up and they're just adding them. So they add all of these layers and you really start to address the issues of, of identity as a hero in context to these other hero quote unquote characters. Mm -hmm. Jessica Jones did the exact opposite where her first season, they included Luke Cage. And then in season two, no other characters appeared. And you're just like, we've already seen her on Defenders. She was a freaking highlight of that show. So why not add more characters to her season? Like why make it so personal? It just, it felt so backwards to me. Like I couldn't get over it. Yeah. Yeah. i don't know i mean does anybody else have anything else they want to say about it or do we just want to move on um i mean there's well get uh you know you made a good point about uh, uh the defenders and how she really was the hot one of the highlights if not the highlight of of that miniseries. Um, and it, it, I was really looking forward to, um, to seeing, seeing, you know, the season two, uh, because it, it was a very, very balanced image of her, a very well-rounded mm-hmm. hero, uh, you know, all, you know, all her, personality, all her, her, her abilities, everything just really worked well in the Defenders. And I think you made a very good point that it, it would have been nice to have another uh, character from that universe show up to sort of balance things out. Because right. I think I, I think what works with these superhero shows just in general is, I mean, the hero does need to have Someone to bow, someone, someone who's like them, or, or another buddy, or another teammate, or someone to to, to be there to, to play off of. Mm-hmm. And and here in, in this in this season, you're right. Trish really wasn't that. I mean, in some regards, you're right. I mean, she sort of overshadowed Jessica's story in this in this season. Um, I, I know you're uh, uh, with Hogarth. Uh, I know. Patricia, I know you really, really liked that subplot. I, that one to me was that I honestly, by the end of the series, I was fast forwarding through through that because when I mean that that it just it, to me that was just a drag on the pacing. I mean it was things are clipping moving along and then we go back to this and her trying to you know she got robbed and you know she's trying to hunt these people down and it, it, it just I mean it already took a show that had already had some pacing issues and just made it even slower so um, I, I, I'm hoping that this was and I know there, there are some folks out there who, who really who really liked this season um, so I guess it just depends on you know, your, you know what what lens you're looking at it through and, and how vested you are in the characters but I mean, I'm hoping that 
I'm hoping that the the, the Marvel Netflix first is is not running out of steam because it, because in in many ways the Defenders also had this great sense of uh, enthusiasm that people were looking forward to it coming on and and we were left with you know feeling like it was really incomplete. And I feel like season two of Jessica Jones has felt just very incomplete after such a, a marvelous season one. And, and, you know, this happens. I mean, really, you know, we, another show we talk about pretty frequently is just the flash on this show and how that season one was just so awesome. And it's very hard to get to that same level of creative, you know, excellence right. over, over, over the course of a, of a season. So, you know, maybe if I'm sure there'll be a Jessica Jones season three, um, uh, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll, they'll, you know, pick up that catch lightning in the bottle again and, and, and make a, a very engaging, uh, program. But, uh, you know, the, it, it, this, this one was, um, at least for me, it, it, you know, it was, it was, it was good. When I recommend it, I will tell someone, yeah, you, you can watch it, but, I wouldn't binge it because if you do, you're just going to just end up looking at yourself. Why did I just burn 13 hours in our, you know, over the course of whatever, uh, doing this, trying to just, you know, power through it. Uh, I, I would, I would spread it out and maybe give time to, time to digest all what was going on in the show. And maybe that would make it work better. Uh, Patricia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like overall the season was has good information in it for people that are fans of the Marvel or Jessica Jones in in specificity, if that's even a word. Um, I really enjoyed – you're right. Jessica sort of felt like her main story sort of fell to the wayside and they tried to bring it to the front, but it didn't really work. Like I was more interested in – Malcolm and Trisha's sort of interactions and I was more interested in, in the tenants, the mm. guy that Jessica was like into, um, like I was more interested in his backstory yeah, than learning about sex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 That's exactly right, Sarah. That's what I was. I paid just... attention to like some of the scenes. You know? <laughs> I I think they did an okay job, and for people that enjoy more dramatic, more emotional television shows in general, they would enjoy this more. Like they pushed out a lot of the supernatural. Ex- I mean, you know, compared to the other seasons. And the other shows, they pushed out a lot of the supernatural. So this really brought it down to the human aspects of the supernatural and becoming or wanting, like for Trisha's, you know, standpoint. And then Hogarth finding out that she is mortal and that she is, you know, scheduled to pass away because she's sick. You know, Malcolm dealing with his um, drug addiction, which turns into a Tinder-type addiction. You know, there's all these different awesome little 
sub themes that are going on, but I don't think they executed them in a very good way. Right. Like mm-hmm. I keep saying over and over again, they did an okay job. They could have executed it better. Yes. But overall, yes, I am pissed that Simpson is dead. And I was very shocked at that, that they didn't keep him on for a bit longer. I mean, I feel like in spirit he was there because Trish kept using his inhaler, but it would have been nice for him to have lasted longer in the season. And I kept thinking throughout the rest of the season, like, oh, he's going to show back up and be, you know, I don't know, whatever. Uh, So, okay. So that, okay. You were talking about how you thought that because of the subtext of a lot of the themes in this season and uh, all of those emotional and very poignant, well, not poignant, but all of that emotional context that these characters were given um, and very much put on their separate storylines throughout the entire season, um, even though the the big bad kind of made everybody work together in a strange way. But y- you said that if, if people like dramatic television that is very character based essentially they would appreciate this show and I tend to disagree with that okay because it goes back to what you just you were saying about how it was just okay you you can see what they were going for you can see everything that they were trying to do and I think that that they wanted to execute a very small season and a very character based study but that's not this show. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It's a comic book show. <laughs> it does not do that. Um, and you, you can't, you can't fit a a peg, a round peg in a square hole. Like it's just not going to work that way. And I think one of the mistakes and one of the reasons why everything just fell flat is because they took out all of those. Um, magical elements, all of those supernatural elements, and it made it feel very bland, and mm-hmm. it made it feel like just another show that that people would watch with very upset individuals. Very um, man, there's a term for it, but I'm blanking on it. But so, so I I, I agree, and but I I just disagreed about that one one thing you said in regards to people who like dramatic television would like this because like I said I just watched Billions Billions I don't understand half the stuff is going on on that show but I absolutely love that show because I love the humanity in those characters and how flawed individuals that they are yeah but I'll think to pick up on your point about flawed individuals and humanity so I mean I think Patricia is trying to make that point that there was humanity in this um, this season, I think they're trying to draw that out from a from the metahuman show. You know, we have a, a character who's a meta, but uh, they were really trying to make it a character study of. I, I guess you know, she's always had this this feeling of loss and and, and not knowing who her, you know, losing her family and and. You know, she finally finds her mother and finds that her mother is this very flawed individual that she could have herself gone 
with all the experiments that were, were done to her. And um, she has those rage issues and stuff, but yet she's, she's able to, you know, still control it, whereas her mother really can't. So they... So I, I, I see where they were trying to to explore explore those areas, but again, it's just there's just some there was just some like bit that just didn't quite hit the right note and 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 carrying it through, and it maybe would have been better, um, maybe not as a whole season long arc, but. You know, a part of of the season because I, I really felt from episodes the the back half of the of the season two was more enjoyable to for me than than the front end. Um, so uh, so I think it did get some get better in that regard. Uh, I hated the way I hated the way it ended. Um, quite quite frankly, I just thought that that was just a very cheap way. <laughs> Um, uh, of of ending it and the the um, ten, you know the unresolved nature. I don't know if unresolved is the right word, but just the the place they left Trish and, and Jessica because of Trish's actions uh, with her with Jessica's mother. Um, it just it, I don't know. It, it, again, it just I, I see where they were trying to go with it. It just, it just all fell flat. Yeah. No, I think the reason why I use the word dramatic is because of Trisha's reactions and Hogarth's reactions to things. I guess I just like going back to what you said about Trish being childish and getting the things that she wanted anyways. And it was sort of like, the wrong way to get what she wanted <clears throat> and she still got what she wanted. So th- I just kept thinking about that cray cray episode and how ridiculous that song was, honestly. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so I thought that was a bit dramatic and how she was, you know, deep into drugs and, you know, that kind of, that kind of dramatic mm. is what I meant. Right. But yes, right. Sarah, right. I do understand your point in in uh, correcting what I said. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to correct or anything, and I and I get that they're flawed characters. I'm just trying to more analyze why we keep referring to it as an okay season or I see what they were doing, but it didn't work. Well, why didn't it work? And I think part of why it didn't work is because they didn't have the script, the story fleshed out that would really allow that the, the grief that Jessica's going through the powerlessness that Trisha feels the mortality and coming to terms with um, with how how alone all of these individuals are, all of these women are in mm-hmm. the world that mm-hmm. they set up, um, how that came off in such a flat way. And I think it I, I really do believe it's part of them removing a lot of the more fantastical elements um, that you could do in this type of universe that they've set up and made it work. And 
season one, it was a the subtext was clear because they were talking a lot about consent. They were talking about rape. They were talking about a lot of feminist issues that were currently going on and still are going on today. And in this season, it felt like they took all of that away. And watching it, I thought that some of the angles in terms of what they were doing with the camera was was film noir still, but it didn't have that richness that I felt in season one that was very distinctly, this is this is a film noir-esque um, or a neo-noir show um, that we haven't done before in terms of a superhero setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I don't know, like, why would they cut the budget? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they cut the budget. I just think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was budget cutting. I think it's just uh, the the writer's room and and um, yeah the, just, they just didn't capture yeah they just didn't capture some of the elements that you that you so eloquently discussed that really worked well in season one and and, and it, you know granted this was shot before even more of the stories of consent and rape and me too and everything happened um, and uh, it would. Um, I think I read a very interesting thought piece about um, uh, about this season two and, and and it being you know all about the rage, but uh, well, but you know what to do with it after after you express the rage or well like then that's what I kind of. Thought that this season was going to be and I was really excited because there's that one trailer that shows the anger management session it mm-hmm. took three episodes if not more to get to that scene which pissed me off <laughs> I'm just sitting here like that's that feels like a very much a moment you end your first episode on mm-hmm. because that indicates that perfectly describes where she is now um, based off of where she was when we last saw her and I felt like just coming off of the Punisher, which had great use of those those meetings um, to especially bookend the season, they were going to use some of that same plotting in Jessica Jones. And and next thing I know, we never see the anger management meeting again. And I'm like, well, they better not still make Jessica have anger issues next season because this is going to get old real fast because it already has. Yeah. <laughs> She's always been pissed yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I meant by it felt kind of repetitive, especially those yeah. earlier episodes, because it was just, yeah, I mean, okay, she's angry. You're right, and and they used it. It was kind of a one-off, and it really didn't show up again. Yeah, because she never resolved it, yeah. and she still hasn't. Like the only thing she's made peace with is that she wasn't the cause of that car crash. She discovered that. And she she has made peace with her mom and her family and her relationship with her her family, um, and I think she comes full circle. But I don't I don't know. I'm interested in a hero's journey, not necessarily a mother daughter journey. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't work for me. Um, I just wanted to go back really quickly to um, the noir feeling of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the couple of shots that they did that were still in that noir kind of feel angle, mm-hmm. they were 
very noticeable in yeah. this show mm-hmm. because, and I, I agree with you 100%. They didn't do enough of it. Like the first season, it was almost every shot and it made every scene just so much more interesting. And in this season, when it did happen, I was like, Ooh, they're using a different angle. Like I got really excited, like maybe something cool is going to happen and then nothing would happen. So I would get excited for nothing. And I think maybe that's like part of the disappointment, like in the back of my head where I was just like, Oh, now we're back to normal. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, so I just want well, to throw that. It, it's, it's just like what we're saying about the writing. There were parts of the writing that fell flat where you knew what they were t- wanting to do, but it just didn't work in context of what was being shown. Camera c- camera work is key to this stuff. And execution and being able to visually take you in this universe and and feel like you're spying on somebody else and invading privacy, that's part of this show, an invasion of privacy. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like I was creeping in on anybody. I didn't feel like there was a, we were being taken down like this mysterious road and it was very um, 1950s-esque and it was very shadows and um, and there was a femme, femme fatale. I didn't feel any of that. I just felt like here's a bunch of whiny kids, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's an here's an more disgruntled adult because she's old. I don't. I just everything fell flat. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I I, I knew that uh, whenever you were not enthusiastically uh, telling me, it's like, well, you gotta get you gotta watch this like now. It was like uh, I'm making my way through. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we if if you did watch season two of Jessica Jones, we hope you liked it more than we did. Um, and please tweet us your thoughts about it. And we know Patricia has to go, so we're going to let her sign off um, and we'll be back in a sec. So, Patricia, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? You guys can find me at PRMiller20. That's P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R two zero on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on tonight, Patricia, for the rant yeah. session. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me guys. And thanks for letting me do my rants. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Anytime. All right. Bye. 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 All right. Well, so since Patricia has left us, we are left to talk about Krypton and Black Lightning all on our own. I think we can do this. I think we can. So let's start off with the new Superman show. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I did. Too. I really did. I, I did. I was like, okay, this is going to be part of my rotation. I, you know, obviously sci-fi has no budget so i i took everything with a grain of salt because i'm like oh this feels like such a set um but it was it was fine there was something about the 
the story was very endearing. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the approach. I appreciate, let's take Romeo and Juliet, put it in Krypton, make this very much a tragic story as much as an inspirational story about class systems, yeah. about um, fate and destiny and having it all play out. Um, and, and, it's, and it's separated enough from Superman and the hero that we know that you're not constantly just waiting for him to show up or anything. You understand that this is more of the history and a lineage story than a, um, any sort of um, preface or um, introduction to who he is, um, which I appreciate. And I've, I felt, I felt like, yeah, great pilot, great way to set up all of the moving parts. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have any big problems with it. I didn't either. I mean, and I, I, I did enjoy, actually, the, the effects actually worked. You know, we talked about how uh, practical and visual effects um, can make or break your viewing experience sometimes. When I was watching it, um, I watched it today, and uh, I... I was actually taken. I was actually impressed that on a on, on on a television budget, they they actually put together some very impressive visual effects. But um, to the story itself, I found it very compelling. Uh, it was just a very uh, was vol, vol, vol um, It it you know of course you can't help but think the bigger story of Superman that we know. Mm-hmm. And I, so of course I saw, I did have some, the, 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 the version that I was thinking of as far as when I was watching this was the Richard Donner Superman, the movie with, mm-hmm. um, Jor-El and his dealing with the council. It was a good play to sort of foreshadow what's to come in Krypton's future. And they use this very well as far as the same kind of structure that the House of L has always been sort of Krypton's conscious, but the other people around them are just like, you know, very blind to it. And 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 in the case of Superman's, I guess this is his great grandfather. Yeah, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, and, and it with with that and, and with that uh, backdrop, and seeing how he was, his situation was um, convicted of treason, and 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 to your point of the classism and stripped the titles and lands and and nobility and, and the Krypton political system, uh, that was that was a very strong start for me because I was like, okay, I, I want to see where this goes, and I want to see where this series goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. So, so it's funny because I was completely, I was kind of thinking different. Mm-hmm. My my reference point was more along the lines of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course it makes uh, sense. I mean, David Goyer, who was behind that. Yep. Yeah, because um, because a the guy who basically sends sages, um, sage. Is it Sage or Sag? Uh, I think it's the Sag. Is Sag. Sag, out. Sag, out. Yeah. Sag. Yeah. So, so the guy who, who basically sends Sag's grandfather 
um, kills him. Mm-hmm. He looked so much like Russell Crowe yeah. that <laughs> just like they did this on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> this is planned. Yeah. This is bothering me so much because it's so much like him. And all of the stuff with the babies yeah. reminded me about what they were setting up in Man of Steel during that little opening sequence where mm-hmm. you you found out the reasons why they they um they sent him to to Earth and everything, right. and right. and that all made sense. And then Zod's part of the military faction, and mm-hmm. there's been an uprising and all of that. It very much felt like a Man of Steel. Um, but I mean, granted, like you went to one movie, I went to another movie, but that kind of proves that regardless of the story, this this origin is universally the same as and it's very connected. So yeah. even though there are different writers, it's still pulling from the same um, threads. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that's what makes this show work because mm-hmm. different, different generation of Superman, Superman fans can draw points to it. Cause I, cause you're right. I, I, I there were some moments I did, uh, did draw on Man of Steel and seeing that universe of Krypton um, and, and this version as well. So yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the strong things about this pilot. It is the very fact that, uh, and that, uh, no matter what version of Superman you are familiar with, whether it's Christopher Reeve or Henry Cavill, um, they did a, 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 a very solid job of making sure that they uh, captured. Those fans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I I also and like to that point, it just proves why specifically taking the not only the House of L but also the House of Zod mm-hmm. and making that really the Romeo and Juliet story point to get you through at least the first season makes so much sense. Yeah. Because then then if they are managed to pull that off, which we don't know, because honestly, those two characters didn't have much screen time together to really prove chemistry. Right. Um, but if it but if it really does exist and occurs, that'll add so much more future context for any time you see Zod interact um with Clark mm-hmm. in the future. Like you're just in your mind going back like, now I know your history. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> These two families should love each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tragic. It's tragic. Yes. And then, yeah, it's tragic. And then and it does. end tragically, I mean, I was, I was a little shocked that they, they did not only set up a very tragic story or anything or a love story gone wrong, but the fact that at, by the end, the last few minutes, mm-hmm. her mom, so we, we meet um, Lyda Zod, mm-hmm. her mom kills not not one, but both of Sage's parents yeah. right in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, th- that can't ever work. i i really don't know what light is gonna do because i mean i i get her i get her obsession with him but she she knows like there are some things like your parents can keep you if your parents really want to separate you from someone kill kill their parents kill their parents yeah that'll do it (laughs) done done (laughs) game over yeah 
Yeah, and it, I mean, it, and I, you know, it was one of those things where while I was watching, it, I was like, okay, I, you know, you kind of know what's going to happen there, but they, mm-hmm. th- but it was it it, it 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 carried they carried it off well. Um, that um, you know, that Segal's parents um, were going to get off there, um, and I, I it and it was a it was a necessary thing to happen. Like you said, one to build up that that, that tension and that conflict, uh, but also to, to free Seg to be able to fully explore his grandfather's history, and and basically free him to carry the L line forward. Right, and you know I'm going to take that one step further. It puts it makes Sage almost like how we're accustomed to getting to know um, Superman, Mm -hmm. like whenever he's introduced, like he's an alien from another planet. Well, Sage is still on the planet, his home planet, but he's nameless. He's without guild. He's without family. He's Mm -hmm. alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was critical to try to, build that that family unit that is so strong and then piece by piece deliberately throughout the pilot you strip it all away Mm -hmm. so by the end of the episode he's left standing very much how we're accustomed to um being introduced to superman yep yeah yeah agreed yeah yeah, and and Adam Strange, I didn't honestly do any research about him, but I will say one thing. I'm very happy for the actor <laughs> because as you as will you're aware about this, I know anyone who's ever appeared on Vampire Diaries and he was on season 5. That's Thank right. you very much. <laughs> uh, you're <laughs> uh, Yes. That, this he is why awesome. yeah, we got the real reason why you like this show now. <laughs> You're like, I recognize Vampire Diaries season five. There we go. <laughs> well, no. so, so this actor actually is has been somebody whose who's CW has tried to pitch a lot of times because mm-hmm. he, I first became familiar with him on this show, Life Unexpected, which only lasts two seasons. Um, and he came on board in season two, and then a few years later, he was on Vampire Diaries because that show got canceled. Right. Yeah, but I yeah. don't know his name. Uh, yeah, I can't. I don't know his <laughs> name either. Uh, we should. So he will. He will, he will probably never join us on the podcast because we don't know who he is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I know who he is. I just don't know his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know who he is, but yeah, we don't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but Adam Strange. He's a um, he a little bit I do know of him. Um, he is, and I, I just quickly looked up some a little bit about him today. Uh, he is he's an archaeologist, mm-hmm. and um, he was uh, ended up on this planet called Ran, and um, he and he was given a space. He's if you've ever seen pictures of him, he's always wearing like a a, a spacesuit like. The old '60s kind of with the funky little helmet and his red costume. Uh, I think he later got. I think when I'm ready, later later got meta abilities um, okay. from the planet that he was transported to. Uh, but I don't. And he's been. And he's a, apparently he has a pretty you know, 
rich history in the DC universe, in particular the Superman stories. But um, so I've, I've heard the name over over years, but he was never one of those characters that I really like spent much time learning about. Other than uh, once I learned he was going to be on Krypton. Um, yeah. But isn't that, like, the beauty of doing shows like this? Mm -hmm. Because you do take your flagship hero and you expand upon them, but it also gives you such an opportunity to introduce characters who nobody's familiar with. And And if they work, suddenly their people love them. I mean, I think about how... Um, I got a weird tweet a few weeks ago. Like somebody asked me if Arrow is a spinoff of Smallville. And it's like, I can see how you could make that leap. It's not. But part of the reason why they did an Arrow TV show is because Justin Hartley appeared on Smallville as Oliver Queen Mm -hmm. and drew so much fan love for that character that they did decide like, well, we're going to put these other characters on hold and see if Oliver Queen can stand on his own and look at where we are. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, um, and it just goes back to what we were talking about. Just Jessica Jones, a missed opportunity to add more characters and really expand the universe. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I would, I am plant. I'm also glad that they did not, you know, Adam strange goes around, but he did not draw focus away from them setting up this this other story that is the main premise of the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, you're you're right. It, you know, he was around. We got the MacGuffin as far as like, okay, you've got to. You know, your job here is to make sure that your grand your great grandson um, live it. it, it comes into existence so my planet mm-hmm. can be safe but mm-hmm. and but again they really make it a very good and conscious effort to like yes this is a superman universe but you're not going to see kal-el showing up on the show right other than escape <laughs> right right and i also love that line <laughs> after it saves Saying, um, first meets Adam, like he's later telling it about to one of his friends, I think, and he's just like, I think he said that he was from Detroit. Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) He clearly didn't. He said that's where his hat was from. Jeez. (laughs) Pay attention. Yeah, but uh, but that was a good moment too of just uh, of Sag and like where he is in his his life. I mean, he's just. You know, when we were first introduced to him, I, I, I couldn't help but think of um, Star Trek uh, the, the, in the, the Abrams universe version of Jim Kirk. Because whenever we see him first introduced in the um, um, Abrams universe after, you know, when, mm-hmm. he's, when he's an adult. He's, he's oh, a, that's a good call. He's, he's in a bar fight. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of that structure that they have here. You know, the first time we, we see grown up Seg is he's in a bar fight, you know, with these, uh, with, like, I guess they're, I don't know if they're the House of M, but they're definitely part of the military, the security guild. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it was just a good callback to other, um, stories of, of, of conflicted heroes. Yeah, very Star Lord esque. Yes, yes. Too. Got yeah. that vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. So yeah, leading yeah. man for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you know, good hat tips to a lot of other um, recent shows and movies in, in the genre that um, you know that they 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 took and, and made it a part of this series. And you know, you know, Sci-Fi Channel has had some success with with uh, with some of their shows. I mean, with, when you think about The Expanse, I mean, it's going on to its third season. Uh, I think Krypton. Uh, I think overall the buzz is pretty positive. What I saw from social media, um, and and even even I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes liked it or not, but um, but I think fan fandom from just from looking at my timeline and uh, and just reading stories the next day, it seemed that people really really liked the show. Yeah, yeah. I I also. I'm a very, I really like the pilot. I thought it was a strong pilot. I'm curious about the rest of the season. There's plenty of time for them to screw this up. Yeah. <laughs> I always have to remind myself that. Um, I, and I, I like what they did with Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clearly the big bad. I don't, what I don't know about is, are they doing this MacGuffin for the first season or they could technically pull this off for a while but i don't know how lame that would become um but it's it's interesting because yeah. i i almost feel like the it's the balls in the writer's court with what they want to do and what they're really after because they also set up the um the god like i, I don't yeah. think they give him a name but there's clearly there was clearly a shift in power back when say Sake was younger, mm-hmm. um, that threw Krypton in a complete political anarchy. And now it's come full circle. And um, so I almost could see them focusing on removing um, that head of state. Mm-hmm. And then in season two, bringing this Brainiac story back to light. Um, I disagree with you about the special effects. I actually did not was not impressed. I will say, though, that the one thing I was impressed by was what they did in terms of visually depicting Brainiac. I thought that was very cool yeah. um, and a very fascinating viewpoint and something I would never think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was done really well. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Black Lightning, yes. episode eight. Yes, the book of Little Black Lies. Oh, the Little Black Lies. Yes. <laughs> I I like this episode. I, didn't I do. um it did not end like I I felt like in an odd way, it started off really strong. I understood exactly what was going on for a change. Mm-hmm. The ca- characters were making sense. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the reactions to the revelations that have occurred. Um, I, I really liked how they paralleled Jefferson and Gamby's falling out with Jennifer realizing that her family has been lying to her and who she is and what choices she has to make now that she's aware about these abilities that she has. Um, and I thought all of the lies of omission played out really well. Yeah. It is, it was odd for me though, because the episode ends in a very like 
And we're done. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, well, I we're mean, done, but we're also we 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 we, we see these uh, these these other metas in Freeman, um, in, in those tanks. Yeah, but it's still if if see in a way, um, the way it ended makes you think that it was a filler episode. But I didn't feel like it was a filler episode until it ended. Yeah. <laughs> because I was I was caught up in everything that was going on and yeah. and I guess I'm just spoiled because of how many episodes had had ended in death or a big action sequence or yeah. like a big revelation. Yeah, yeah, and but instead we just get a uh, face to black. They're just watching the movie. Yeah, <laughs> which but but I think that was that was I like that. It, yeah, you're right though. It did feel like oh this wait a minute I wait, I'm used to like. You know something big happening, but it was it, you know given the the revelations that occurred, uh, I did like the way Jennifer how she learned it. It was a and the other thing I liked about it the 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 um, reveal and her reaction is it's finally it was refreshing honestly to have someone have the reaction. I don't want to be a superhero. I just want to be a team, you know and. And, and and also exploring whenever she was with her mother, uh, exploring some of her fears, like you know you know she was thinking of having a quote unquote normal mm-hmm. life, and you know she would like to get married, and then you know brought the fact up that you know what's going to be the ramification as far as if I want to have a family, you know yeah you know it, it those kind of real questions that often get glossed over. They they addressed them in this episode, and it yeah. made, and it, it just adds a good it just a good texture to 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 a superhero show when when you especially what we were discussing earlier with Patricia mm-hmm. you know when you lack those little subtle textures um it it, it if you try it it makes the characters more relatable more human right and their response I, yeah I I agree. The one thing that threw me off because I um I, I did appreciate how she, it was and you're right it was very refreshing how she responded and you're really not used to that you're you're really not used to somebody being so resistant to it which is fascinating um and I I appreciated that moment with her mom when she did bring up the idea that not only will I not have um can I even have kids, but also just like, will anybody love me? And Mm -hmm. this makes me feel so alone in the world rather than bringing me closer to my family and my friends. I feel isolated, which I mean, considering half her family, I think if anybody's saying that it should be her mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm surprised. I'm waiting now for that Lynn episode where she's just like, I'm outnumbered. Like this is, this is my family, but I can't protect them because they're constantly trying to protect me. Just wait for that. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually she'll become a green lantern. She's, I think she's like related to John Stewart. So (laughs) eventually Um, the, the one thing though, that she said that I kind of, um, I didn't like though was when she went through like well I want to go to prom mm-hmm. well I want to I want to get married go to college and then I want to get married I'm just like 
what about getting a job? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Why did you just jump there? Like, I understand that you're, I don't know, I just, I felt like there was so something, something so old school about how all of the important, very superficial, all of the points she highlighted that I didn't, I didn't appreciate and I didn't like because I'm just like, because then you jump a few scenes later and you see that interaction and that idea that like, what if I don't have kids? And I'm not going to get into this too much, but I've encountered that kind of a question for myself. And that that response in that reaction to that idea felt very authentic to me and very, very much like how it does play off for any woman questioning that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny just to get off of shit. Yeah, I had I was uh, on a panel this past week with those very with uh, someone who's not who is a young woman and felt raised the exact same points that that you just that you just raised about uh, the extra quote unquote gender expectations and expectations mm-hmm. of of um of, of what uh, young a uh, young woman who you know mm-hmm. should, should quote unquote should do. And so, right. yeah, so I think you're, you're spot on with that um, um, analysis of, of the things that, that Jennifer said. But it's also, to take it one, a different direction a little bit, too, it, it's, it, I think Anissa falls in, is almost that character who is the, the, the quote-unquote new school type of individual uh, yeah. in the family because, you know, not only is, she, you know, she is... A, a, going all about career, all about, um, you know, uh, her, you know, as far as relationship, yeah, it's great, but, you know, it's not like I must, you know, must be in a relationship kind of deal. I mean, yeah, you know, grant, and also, well, even though she is in a, in a same-sex relationship, but still it's not, like, the driving force for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, so it, it's... It's very interesting just to sort of see how the two sisters play off each other. But on the other hand, Jennifer, even though she was a, you know, she was very reticent about you know, exploring the uses of these powers, uh, she was in some regard happy for her sister because then she, you know, she's tracking them on like social media and the they were, you know, a lot of times and you know they break the third wall, the fourth wall, and okay, and I wonder if they're doing that with oh. Yeah, with whenever she was saying, remember they the were Twitter follows the Twitter follows, yeah, and the social media follows of Anissa versus uh, Jefferson. Uh, I, I was just one. I was kind of, I was I've been meaning to like check and see if they were like tracking what's hap- what happens in the real world um, with that. Uh, so but, so but, that that scene, yeah. um, and and you're and you're right that they have very different reactions. And um, for everything that we learn about Jennifer, we're we're learning a lot is the opposite in mm-hmm. Anissa world. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I felt Anissa was a bit annoying at times in this episode for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I just felt like she was a bit all high and mighty, and I'm just she like, was. okay, let's take it down a notch. Yeah. Um, and I like that exchange that they have with her showing Jennifer showing her the both the 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 bad and the good 
in becoming a hero that's very much a public public figure. Mm-hmm. I, Anissa's reaction though makes me think that as much as Anissa wants to say, I wanna I'm doing this to help people, she she got very offensive. Like offended to the point where I'm questioning like is she also doing this because she likes the recognition? She does. And she she to to the point that's very much like um maybe shouldn't it's not a hundred percent in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I, I wonder if they're gonna reserve that area to mine later on in the season, if not in a future season, um, of how she she handles that and and how she learns that, you know, even though you're doing the right things and you do tend to have the right intentions, public perception changes with the wind. And yeah. one day you're the hero and the next day you're the villain. Yep. And you're going to have to suck that up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because and she should see that was with, with what has happened to her father. Right. Uh, so but I hope you're right. I hope they do explore that some because I felt. Uh, you're, you're right. And when I think about what, how she just basically, you know, just didn't really consult the rest of the family. She just like broke it down. It's like, Hey, guess what? Dad and I have powers too. (laughs) 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 And and it was just like, yeah, that moment when Jefferson landed standing there at the steps and, and, you know, having that discussion with, with Anissa, like that wasn't your decision to make. You should you know, it was again. I think, you know, I think that is why one of the reasons why I think um, this show resonates with me in, in, in particular is just the, the uh, some of this the dynamics that happen. Um, it, it, it's just you know, with comparison to the other superhero shows on there. I mean, sometimes we'll get those kind of things with Joe West and Iris and, and Barry in early seasons of The Flash. Um, which is you know, some a lot of that has gone to the to the wayside here lately, but mm-hmm. I'm glad, but I'm glad we see it here with uh, with with uh, Black Lightning and that that, that family unit. Um, yeah. Uh, even though they're divorced, but they still have that bond. Um, right. And uh, and they and they and they explore what the reasons why they they got divorced and um. And you know, and and now the next generation of the Pierces are dealing with coming into powers and how they're all going to have to learn how to make it all work. It's just, it's just very good storytelling and, and it makes for a very, very, you know, fun show to watch. So another, probably the biggest moment for why I didn't like Anissa that much in this episode had to do with her scene with Gamby. Hmm. I don't know what was going on. Like, I know what was going on in the scene. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it worked. <laughs> I <laughs> thought it was very, it felt very much like I am acting in a scene <laughs> and responding to what you're telling me. And I just, yeah. I don't know. I just, I felt like there was, for some reason, there was, there could have been more subtlety in the emotional weight of what she was hearing him talk about. And, and I felt even he he was rushing through the dialogue in a way that very much um, the urgency was lost and the scene didn't work for me. And it felt very much like I need to give you this information so that we can end the show in this way. So I'm going to set you up for this and Oh, FYI, 
your father and I aren't talking to each other. So you can then use that whole line about like, you shouldn't be mad at uncle Gamby because (laughs) you're claiming that Jennifer shouldn't be mad at you. So (laughs) hypocritical father. Um, and so that didn't work. However, for the first, I think because we're learning all of this history about Gamby, he finally makes sense to me. Yeah. Like it took me a long time, but I'm finally, he's very much this character that's out of time Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And that's, because of where he comes from and he's not from Freeland because of the context that brought him to Freeland, it all is starting to make a lot more sense. And even his undercover work on his own, I buy, even though he's an old man (laughs) (laughs) and I shouldn't really buy it. No, I kind of get like, he has all of that spy training and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, and I appreciate it. And I think it is you're, you're not only you're using that character, not only as a point of historical reference to Jefferson, but uh, to Freeland and to all of this tragedy. Yeah. Um, and they're taking not only a simple act of I gave your father this information that ultimately led to his death. I was involved with scouting these people who mm-hmm. are now in test tube tanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> or however you want to define it. And I hurt a lot of people. And so it's very much they're building an arc of redemption for Gamby. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And you're, you're right. I mean, we, we early on when we were having our discussions about this show, we were trying to figure out what the angle was with him and, uh, you, you, you even brought up, you know, his voice and everything. <laughs> no, it makes sense, but it makes sense yeah. now because yeah. he's supposed to be familiar. He is supposed to stand out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, it, it, you're right. It, it was probably meant to be a, a full episode, but at the same time, it just carried the story so much. You know, they have passed the ball so much down the field, and they've done a really good job of. You know, with this first season, uh, with pacing and, and, and storytelling, and you know, we didn't even talk about the detective and how he and Black Lightning uh, are, are are working together to uh, expose the corruption within the Freeland Police Department. I mean, there's just there was just so many little other little small story plot points that um, you know that advance advances the story that. Um, you know, there was really, it didn't feel like there was a wasted minute in, in the show this week. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I think we, we started off very negative, but we're ending in a very positive place. So. Yes. Yes. So make great sure. Time. Great time. Yeah. Thank you all for sticking with us. We, I know we were <laughs> very down on Jessica Jones, but hopefully stuck around and, uh, heard our, our we had our reasons. Yeah. <laughs> But we 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 end we end a note on a positive show on a positive note as we head into the week. Yeah, yeah, and we'll always be honest, and and it's not to say that people are wrong or right about these types of 
opinions, um, but we're we just want to talk about it and try to get to the root of the issue. Um, and so you can always tweet us your thoughts um, and follow us on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. You can find me also on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And he started an Instagram for Scene and Nerd, guys that you should also follow. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, we will start putting content up there and don't forget we also have our YouTube channel as well. And mm-hmm. yep. Yep, YouTube is a popular place. I got some Raylo videos on my own channel with that's under my full name. Um you can you can find it on Scene and Nerd too. It's linked. Um but but yeah, Raylo, guys, I have a bad obsession. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> um but most importantly, always go and find us on iTunes and SoundCloud to rate, subscribe, and comment. And you can also find us on iHeartRadio. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.